0: chapter nine take it easy one morning Hatsy said Pete it looks like the pack rats have been getting at our grub the ones from Chicago I mean and that dog hasn't been easy on our truck either I'm gonna take Chief back to the ranch today with the wagon and pick up some more hay and anything in the line of food for us that Clara can spare All we got left is some cinnamon, the makings of some biscuits, and enough bacon fat to fry yourself a couple of messes of trout. But you'll have to catch I'll be back before noon tomorrow. As Hatsy hitched up the team, he added, If you've got any extra time on your hands, you might roll up Clary's string. No use leaving it around to mess up a mountainside and spook our own horses. Besides... We don't want to run the risk of having those sand dune mustangs accidentally wander up into the trap and come near enough to sandy to get him excited again when Hatsy and chief had gone pete decided his first job was to get some fish he didn't want to live on biscuits alone until Hatsy returned the fishing was not as good this morning as it had been the day he had first tried it but he persisted and by noon had a big enough mess of fish to last for two or three meals all afternoon, he trudged along the fence, rolling up string and stuffing it with the rags into a gunny sack. He started at the far end of the south line and worked towards camp. Partway back, he found a break just where Moore's br- first break had been. Fresh horse tracks made Pete sure that Moore had gone over the same trail again. Although Pete no longer needed the trap, he was angry at Moore for continuing to destroy it. It looked as if that queer stranger just wanted to be annoying. By the time he got back to the corral, the big sack of string and rags was very heavy and awkward to carry. Pete was tired and he flopped down on the grass by the corral gate to rest. He enjoyed the horsey smell that came from the corral as he relaxed on the soft mattress of grass. He felt drowsy and soon dropped off into a nap. A sudden snort from Sandy aroused him. By the time Pete got to his feet, he saw the horse was obviously scared of something. Sandy reared and turned, rushing back and forth along one side of the small enclosure. Whatever had disturbed him must be on the other side, or above the corral in the brush and rocks. Pete could see nothing. He thought maybe a rattlesnake had come out onto the warm rocks. He knew horses were especially spooked by rattlers, but he couldn't see one anywhere. There was no calming Sandy, so Pete decided he had better have a look around. He climbed up on the rocks and above the corral and looked around. There didn't seem to be anything there to frighten a horse. Perhaps there's something further in the brush, he thought, and he started up the slope. Through the trees he saw a movement just ahead. There was Moore mounting Bridger and lighting out at a fast trot. Pete shouted, but Moore gave no sign he had heard except to urge his horse on faster. There was no hope of catching him on foot, Pete thought. And what would he do if he did catch him? Moore was husky and mean. As Pete turned back down the mountainside to the corral, he felt uneasy. It gives you the creeps, he thought. To have somebody spying on you while you're asleep? Even if Moore had visited the camp simply from curiosity, Pete didn't like the idea. It would have been different if the guy had called out and said whatever was on his mind. At the corral, Pete looked around for any signs of what Moore might have been doing. He could find nothing. Apparently Sandy's fright or Pete's own appearance when he woke had decided more to turn around and leave. Sandy was still nervous and Pete got water and hay for him. Then he leaned over the corral gate and talked as soothingly as he could while the horse suspiciously held aloof. It was a long time before Sandy came for a drink and began to nibble cautiously at the hay. While he ate, Pete just stayed motionless and silence on the gate. When the horse had finished, he began his soothing talk again and then moved away to prepare his supper. As Trout sizzled in the frying pan, he made up his mind to sleep close to the corral tonight. Sandy's keen ears and nose would tell him if someone was approaching. Besides, it was just one more way of getting Sandy used to having him around. After his strenuous day, he didn't lie awake long worrying about a possible visit of the night, and he didn't wake up until it was broad daylight. Apparently nothing had happened while he slept, and there was Sandy as calm as could be, switching his tail and looking at him with great curiosity. Pete brought a bucket of water from the creek and shoved it under the gate. Then he leaned over the top bar. Sandy gave a sniff of interest and pranced a little at the rear of the corral, then he trotted over to the brimming bucket. As he bent his head to drink, Pete talked quietly to him. Sandy was near enough to touch, but Pete waited until the horse had satisfied his thirst. Sandy gave a last snuffle at the bucket, lifted his head, and stood there calmly with no sign of uneasiness at Pete being so close. Slowly, Pete reached out his big hand and laid the palm of it firmly against the tawny cheek of the stallion. Instead of jumping away, Sandy returned the pressure. Pete stroked the horse's cheek a time or two, then climbed down off the rail. Because of his excitement, he knew he'd better not run the risk of spoiling things. He felt like prancing himself, but he didn't. He simply turned and walked quietly away from the corral. About noon, Hatsy's wagon rumbled across the creek into the canyon. "'Hi, partner,' he called cheerily. "'Did you leave any fish in the creek?' "'There are a a few small ones for you,' Pete grinned back. "'Here, you unload the wagon,' Hatsy directed. "'Clary sent some pie and stuff that's going to be ate up in a hurry. "'I'll get it ready.' "'Pete waited until they were eating to boast. "'I did it this morning,' he said. "'I stroked Sandy's face and he didn't jump away. "'I wasn't too quick this time and I bet he'll let me do it again.' That's a good job, Patsy said. I guess it's about time to go right into the corral. In his eagerness to tell about Sandy, Pete had almost forgotten the news about Moore. When Hatsy heard the story, he said, Looks like that hombre is mowling around, trying to find something to keep him busy. Well, we got more important things to think about. Go into the corral now, move quietly around. Remember, Sandy's watching everything you do. You're a strange animal to him, and he's got to take his own time finding out you don't mean danger. The more things he sees you do and gets used to, the better. I'll be here with my rope in case he gets excited and tries any funny business." Pete's heart pounded as he climbed through the gate bars. This was a big moment he'd been waiting for. He and his horse would be together and not kept apart by a fence. He stood quietly inside the corral, talking softly. Sandy, don't worry. I'm your friend. The horse shook his head, pranced around, and moved excitedly back and forth in the deep end of the little box canyon, always keeping his alert eyes on Pete. Pete walked slowly to the snubbing post and leaned against it. Sandy trotted around him once in a big circle, then stopped and gave an appraising look at the intruder. Pete squatted down. He picked up a twig and began to make aimless doodles in the earth, keeping one eye on the horse. Finally... Sandy seemed to lose interest and began to nibble at some blades of grass. Pete got up and walked quietly to the edge of the corral and back to the snubbing post. Later, he picked up the water bucket and shoved it through the bars. He removed his hat and put it back on, thinking of motions that Sandy would have to get used to. "'Okay, now,' Hatsy finally said. "'Get your lariat and prove you're as good as I think you are. "'Get in there with Sandy and try it on him a few times.'" I'll be here with my rope. Pete entered the corral and began maneuvering with his rope hanging quietly at his side. Then he showed the rope to Sandy and made a few low swings with it. He tossed it over the snubbing post. Sandy was startled at the quick motion required for the throw, but nothing had happened to him. Pete made more casts at the snubbing post and then at the gate posts. He kept this up until Sandy had quieted down. Then Pete surprised Hatsy by leaving the corral and roping Raindrop two or three times. "'Smarter than I figured you were,' Hatsy said with real appreciation in his voice as Pete climbed back into the corral. "'I just want to make a few more casts in the corral,' Pete said. "'Tomorrow I'll try roping him. "'And we're going to spend the rest of the afternoon hazing up some trout upstream,' Hatsy replied." As they worked upstream, casting in the pools and ripples, Pete had only part of his mind on fishing. Much of the time he was thinking of his horse and planning the next steps he would take to win his confidence. Once in a while his mind wandered to Moore, and then he looked for any signs the man had been along this section of the stream which he and Hatsy hadn't yet explored. But look as he would, he could find nothing to show that Moore had been around. When Pete dropped the one trout he had caught into the basket on top of the three hats he already had in there, the old man said, You gotta pay as much attention to fishing as you do to and horses. And when we get enough for one meal, so let's call it a day. Next morning, Pete roped the two Appaloosas once each as they stood close to the corral gate. Each time he swung the loop up from his side instead of swinging it over his head as he had done before. Then, talking quietly, he went into the corral and, using the same kind of toss, put the rope on Sandy's head. The Mustang reared back with a startled snort, and he began to run. In a sudden panic, Pete realized he'd been in such a hurry that he'd overlooked one thing. He'd forgotten to stand close enough to the snubbing post. Now he couldn't pass the rope around it in order to get a better hold. The frightened stallion jerked. The rope slid painfully across Pete's bare hands and whipped back and forth across the ground as Sandy dashed around the edge of the corral. Pete jumped after the rope. His sudden leap sent a new wave of fear through Sandy. The horse reared and his flailing front feet tangled with the rope. Then he came down, shaking his head. The loop opened up and one enormous toss of his head sent the lariat flying off. Sandy was free of the troublesome rope. Pete recovered it and crawled out through the bars. He turned his back to Hatsy, coiled the lariat, and stood leaning on the gate. The old man said nothing at all. Toward the end of the afternoon, Sandy had calmed down completely. Pete reentered the corral, and this time stood close enough to the snubbing post. His cast was a good one, and he snubbed fast. The rope held firmly around the post as Sandy reared back against it. Pete let the horse feel the rope for a few seconds, then loosened it quickly from the post and gave it a flip. This sent a wave along the rope, opening the loop, and Sandy shook his head free. Pete waited a while before he made another cast. This time he let the rope stay on a little longer. After the fourth time, Sandy seemed much less frightened, and Pete decided he'd had enough for now. Leaving the corral, he roped first raindrop, then polka dot in full view of the corral. Instead of flipping the loop off their heads, he walked towards each horse while holding the rope, using a hand-over-hand motion to do it. Then he tried the same thing with Sandy. Instead of being scared, Sandy seemed to enter into the spirit of the thing. He didn't resist the rope, but moved towards Pete, thus keeping the rope slack and he seemed to wait for an approving pat when Pete loosened the Honda. As Pete took the rope off for the last time that afternoon, he gave Sandy his first delicacy, half of one of the apples that Aunt Claire had put in the wagon. Sandy sniffed at it, tried it out gingerly in his mouth. The apple passed inspection. It disappeared. Apparently well pleased with himself, Sandy switched his tail and trotted around the corral, his head high. Holding the other half of the apple in reserve, Pete got Sandy used to feeling the hackamore on his head that evening after supper. With this new experiment, as with the others, Sandy seemed to show a cautious curiosity rather than fear, and he seemed to find reassurance in having the apple as near, along with the old man and the boy.